All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Checkpoint, the podcast highlighting and telling the stories of influential leaders in and around the sports industry. Today, we are beyond excited to welcome our next guest to the show, Greg Moore. Greg has been involved in the game of baseball for the majority of his life. And from his playing days at the University of San Francisco to an extensive tenure as a coach with several stops along the way, um, back at his alma mater at USF, uh, Cal State Northridge, a stint with Team USA, and is now currently serving as the head coach for the St. Mary College baseball team. Greg has been passionate about baseball, but more passionate about coaching, which led him to start Sevwins, a platform that gives coaches the ability to impact more lives and ensure success beyond sports by achieving just seven wins a day. Greg, we're super excited to have you on Checkpoint. How are you doing today? Scott, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I, I got to watch your first two releases and I was, I'm impressed and I'll be a subscriber soon. Amazing, man. And we're, you know, when I heard your background and, you know, the impact you're having with folks, you know, in college, um, at the youth level, and then, you know, now building a platform to make an impact beyond the game. Um, we were just exci as excited to get you on the show. So, um, you know, for all the first time listeners that haven't heard Checkpoint before, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, we're we're picking influential leaders and using this as a stop along the way to, to learn how Greg got here, what he's currently doing, uh, and where he sees the industry going over the next three to five years. So, so, Greg, without wasting any time, um, would love to take a dive in. And uh, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know, you know, who you are and, and sorry, how you ended up at, at St. Mary's College. Sure, sure. Well, I, I started out as a struggling baseball player trying to figure out what I was going to do beyond high school. And I was good enough to get into Long Beach City College, where my junior college coach told me on the first day of practice, told the whole team, you're either here because you're not good enough as a player or not a good enough student. And I sat on that bench, looked at my teammates and thought, well, I'm not I'm not good enough in the classroom or on the field. And that re that really was a moment of truth for me. But it also began to help me understand what baseball can teach young people. I went to University of San Francisco to play, was lucky enough to play for Rich Hill, Nino Geritano, two guys who uh, are outstanding coaches and people. And and then I coached at USF for many years. I, I spent one year at University of Washington. And then I came back to USF, odd circumstances, spent a few more, four more years there. And then I was a head coach at Cal State Northridge for six years. And last year, almost a year to the day, I, I arrived in Moraga. Now I'm at St. Mary's College and um, enjoying every day here at, at this place. Amazing, man. And, and the journey, you know, we're going to unpack that because, you know, I mean, you got some nuggets that ultimately, you know, led to the current venture that you're running, you know, in tandem with coaching, which is Sevwins. And, you know, really excited to talk about, um, you know, how technology is a vehicle and a medium where you can take all of your coaching um, knowledge and now start to disseminate that out to other coaches and players to really start to spread the love there. So, um, you know, one of the questions I was curious about is, you know, obviously being a player, um, being a coach, you know, baseball has been in your blood. What, what, what was it like to be a coach for Team USA, um, you know, and represent the national team, which is something that is just so unique um, as an experience? Well, it's an honor. That That's something that goes without <laughs> much mention, but, but just to be called, to be asked. And I told Eric Campbell, the director, when he asked if I would be the pitching coach 
for the, the collegiate team, I said, Eric, I'll, I'll wash the floors. I'll windex the windows, whatever you need me to do. I just would love to be part and help us win a, a gold medal. And, and the best part is seeing the players. And that will always be the best part because you have these guys who have been told their whole lives that they're the best players in the country at their age level. And they are for the most part. Yeah. But then when they put USA on their chest and they stand for the national anthem, it, you really see the humility uh, that they need going into professional baseball and, and for life. They realize something's bigger than them. So as a, as an educator, I like watching them be educated on the important things in life. And USA Baseball does a great job with that, let alone you see other parts of the world and you watch these young people go to places like Japan and Mexico and look around and, and they, they come home more grateful for what they're doing, but also where they live. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. I mean, the, the power of sport, right? Like, I mean, we try and teach so many lessons in parallel with sport and business, um, you know, it's sport and politics. I mean, you can really use it as, you know, um, a one-to-one -one parallel there. And I think that word perspective is just key. And, um, you know, I mean, you do get a, a great perspective as a collegiate athlete, as a pro athlete, but I mean, just doing it on a national scale there, um, you know, it's something that football, you don't really get a chance to do. And so anytime I get a chance to pick someone's brain on what it's like to do it, um, you know, playing the same game, you know, lacing up their cleats the same way, but over in Japan, like you said, or Mexico, it's just always fascinating and um, su super interesting there. Now, now I'm curious, you know, as you, you know, made sport and baseball a lifestyle for you, are there any pivotal moments that stick out through your journey where it was like, I am cementing myself, you know, in this career path and uh, you know do any moments stick out to you there along your journey yeah it's more about people that i've had the chance to meet and how they've changed my perspective as as you use that word the first person and the main person is nino geritano he's still the head coach at university of san francisco i played for him for four years and uh, that's because i was injured for two so i went to junior college got six years in college sports but to see the way that he made college athletics a family. He's got the Italian traditional mindset, but he's also a very good baseball man who knows how to teach life lessons through the sport. So when I watched him do it, I watched him after a tough loss, a lot of tough losses, you know, hit ground balls to his son. He was always teaching us little life lessons around the field in terms of how to look at sport, look at life, get prepared for both. So that, that was the biggest thing in my in my career. I, I always wanted to be a police officer to help people. But then when I saw how he was able to reach people and prepare them for life, it, it changed my perspective on what coaching could be. So that, that's the main uh, turning point in my life in terms of wanting to do this every day. And, and I couldn't be happier as an educator who happens to wear a hat. I love it. And, and you know, I mean, you know, we've had some guests on, you know, that were educators that were in the administrative role. And I think the through line that we're seeing are just, you know, people that have taken an aggregate of all of their experience and they're just so eager to give it back. Right. And, you know, something that I've lived by is, you know, reach one, teach one. And, um, and, you know, that was sort of the, the spawning of this podcast where it's like, we can get so many great leaders to come on and tell their story um, in a time where sports really is in turmoil and our country is in turmoil and sure. hell, humanity's in turmoil right now. We don't really know what's going on. And so um, really encouraging when you hear why you came back into sport, um, which I think is, is super powerful. 
Now, I'm curious because I did a little digging on you. Um, so when you won most inspirational on back-to-back seasons, was was he your coach or, you know, when when did you win those um, as a player? Coach G was my coach at that time. And, uh, you know, I always say that the reason I won those awards is because they felt sorry for the guy that was injured going through some shoulder surgeries, but he was still still trying as hard as, as he would if he was an All-American. I by that time, I was not a good player, so I think they were uh, in appreciation of a little effort, and uh, it's still an award there, and I take pride in that. I graduated from that school, met my wife there, uh, so to know that that award's still given, it, it means a lot to me because because he's the one that gives it. Super cool. Super cool. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, I'm going to have to figure out a way to pepper him with this question here. So <laughs> um, so cool. Well, um, you know, look, we're going to take a little transition here, right? So, you know, we're starting to get to know who Greg is, how he got here. Um, I'm really curious, you know, through your tenure as a coach, um, you know, the landscape has changed tremendously. And, you know, Czech was built because we saw a gap in the way per diems were distributed to athletes, um, you know, just another technical application that can help sports programs. Um, but through your tenure of a coach, what has been some of the larger changes that you've seen um, with the addition of technology to the game of baseball? To the game of baseball and to the players, I see a growing detachment between the player and their sport. You know, if it's about the label and what they're pushing to do next, there's a there's a hollow part of the sport. But if we stay to the essence, the fundamentals of what sports are, it's more human nature than psychology or sociology. You talk about the country in turmoil. When we keep the sport as something that teaches life lessons for these young people and teaches us still, then then it, it has its beauty. But when we get too far ahead of ourselves and we start thinking about what the mechanism is to deliver me to the next level, that's where we get we lose the players. And 15 years ago, 17 maybe, I saw players coming in with almost – it was kind of a hollow look in their eyes. They were done with the recruiting process and they had arrived in Division One baseball, but they, they didn't have the joy in their eyes that we had growing up, that the sport is the sport, the game is the challenge, and then you learn by diving in fully. It was almost a look over the horizon to see what the sport was going to deliver. And I think that's going to go back to basics, especially after COVID. You know, people are just appreciating those small things, that getting out on the field. I see it with 17 18-year-olds, they just want to be on a baseball field, feel the grass under their feet. And it, it has changed. And, and we got to get back to basics. We got to get back to fundamentals. It's too beautiful to lose. Uh, sports are not a mechanism. Sports are a lifestyle and, and a classroom to learn life lessons. Interesting. Interesting. And so on that point, you know, I mean, one of the topics we've been covering quite a bit on the show is name image likeness, right? And, and really, how do we take the athlete that was, you know, ultimately the vehicle for the NCAA making so much money. Um, how do we now start to bridge that gap and make sure that the athlete stays focused on academics, stays focused on their sport, and now add in, you know, growing a personal brand and business? Um, I'm curious, as a head coach, have you started to have any of these conversations with your players um, with NIL on the horizon? Well, I'll tell you what you're doing is exactly what I think we need to do. We need to educate them in financial discipline. We have to have them understand the value of a dollar. And, and again, that goes back to fundamentals. If we do that, then they start to use their transferable skills, the discipline they use at practice, the attention to detail they use to grow their craft. They start to understand that their checkbook or their, their savings account requires that same attention 
to detail. But I, I think the, the danger is in the language we use. Even when we start talking about a player's brand, I hear that a lot on social media. A player needs to learn in his college years that he's got to grow his character and a little bit of the understanding of who he is, but he's got to meet his rights and not assert his responsibilities in those college years. That has to be his primary goal. If we get away from that and it becomes a marketing venture, a personal marketing venture for an athlete, he's speaking the wrong language to himself and he's going to go down a path that leads to, again, those hollow eyes. So I, I think we got to guard the language a little bit, educate them. They're very intelligent, 18 to 21, much more sophisticated than I was. Maybe we were when we were coming through. You're younger than me, but but they, they've got immense understanding and perspective because they see everything. We got to keep them to the discipline and the transferable skills of their sport and not have them think about being self-marketers. That's a that's a dead end road until you truly understand your disciplines. No, I I. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I mean, I think, you know, depending on what lens we hear it from, everybody has a different perspective. And, you know, I mean, I always um, I am eager to hear a coaches because, you know, they're the, they spend the most time one-on-one, -on -one, right? They're right under the umbrella um, with those athletes. And, and so it's always fascinating to say, like, how are we going to, you know, keep all the foundation together when, you know, we may have one star pitcher who has the ability to go build that brand, right? Like, how do we keep that locker room cohesive? And so I think some of the, um, the challenges that are on the horizon, if we don't establish that foundation and get back to the black blocking and tackling, um, then, you know, it could really come off the, off the wheels there or off the rails. Um, and I'm going to use that to jump and plug Sevlins because, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet, you know, you and your co-founder. And, you know, I'd love for you just to tell the audience a little bit about um, what you guys are building over there. And because I think there's a one-to-one -one when we talk about keeping that foundation and the basic wins um, for athletes and coaches. Sure. Well, Seb Wins is a program that builds into a young person's life. Simple checks. It's based on a seven-day cadence. Monday, they set weekly goals and they are at the root of what a person is mind, body, spirit. We call it read for your mind, train for your body, and give for your spirit. And we want young people to get reps of setting good goals for their mind, setting good goals for how they're going to strengthen their body or improve it. And then the, the one that goes un, underserved sometimes is reps of giving, having them start to look up and say, who am I going to give to this week? Sometimes that breaks the, the rut that they get in, worried about their own thing, uh, their, their perception. And then every day they check in. It's just a quick noon check-in where they give a, a, a quick response to how are you concentrating, how are you separating, and how are you communicating. And, and it's at noon for a reason because they're running from lunch to practice, whether they're in high school or college. And for them to check in there, it's almost a, a quick reflection. Am I doing the fundamentals the right way at the right time after I come out of class before I go to practice? The most powerful part, in my opinion, is Sunday night at 8 p.m., they get a reminder to do what's called a build on work on. And it's a simple prompt. What are you going to build on? What did you do well this week? And what are you going to work on? What did you not do well? And we've done this now for, well, there's been over 40,000 commits on this app. And it's just been a professional pleasure to see how bright they are and see how quickly that their first response is something so insightful. And then Sunday night, they resharpen and they set those goals on Monday and that cadence day to day, week to week, it doesn't take more than seven minutes for their life, but it starts to put their rudders in the right direction towards the blocking and tackling, towards the fundamentals of who they are. And 
and then all the other actions can flow from there. But it, working with John Roberts and Matt French, they're so smart. And I, you know, I, this was a concept I came up with, but they've really helped me put it in the hands of young people who need it. They need it desperately right now. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, for any athletic directors listening, coaches, parents, um, definitely check out Sevwins. Um, you know, I mean, th these guys are, um, it's proven, you know, Greg has won championships, um, you know, has, you know, turned programs around at, at Northridge. And, and so this isn't uh, a hypothesis. This is proven stuff that works. Um, and, and I can just speak to it from an athlete, right? You know, you get in this routine and sometimes you forget about the fundamentals as you really start compounding, you know, these different pillars of life. And, um, you know, it's just so funny when we talk about coaching, even as an adult, like in, in the business world, I still need coaching, right? Like, and so it, it's one of those things that if you are coachable and you're able to digest and have this self-reflection and accountability, um, you will see nothing but positive things um, whether that's building your brand, being an athlete, or, or just communicating with people like like humans today, right? So, um, so super cool. I appreciate you saying that it works, and it does. And the, what I talk about often is it doesn't work because of psychology or sociology. It works because it's the basics of who we are. I, I mean, people have told me, what a great idea, what a great idea. And I, I think it's the simplest idea. It's not mine. We're just taking what we learned 2000 years ago and, and asking ourselves to get really good reps day to day, week to week at staying grounded in the fundamentals. So it's not my idea. I'm just lucky enough to have smart people around me that can help get it to where the students are. They're on their phones and they might as well get their growth reps while they're there. Yeah. No. And, and I mean, look at any time you, you get a coach that has a pedigree of taking elite athletes and making them better and building a cohesive unit to then go out and win, you might want to listen, right? Like I always told, like, I mean, if, if Michael Jordan was teaching me how to shoot a jump shot, I'm going to, I'm going to tune in and listen to him. Right. Or if I have a, you know, a scientist talking to me, I'm going to perk my ears up and listen. So um, super neat that you guys were all able to collaborate and get the tech force there with John and, you know, the coaching power behind yourself and, you know, really excited to see where Seb wins goes. Um, you know, I think there's big things on the horizon there. So, um, so, so sticking in the theme of, you know, sort of shake up new things on the horizon, um, you know, really curious to get a look underneath the hood of St. Mary's College and, and baseball in 2020. Um, you know, obviously you guys have had all the conversations with COVID. Um, just speaking to the athletic department as a whole, how have you guys sort of handled it? And what are you doing with your teams right now um, to make sure that they stay sharp and, and ready to go for the season if, it, if we have it? Yeah, we're going to have it, sanctioned or unsanctioned. We're playing games in a parking lot or we'll play on grass fields. We're going to play. Love and that. I will say this. Our athletic director here, Mike Matoso, has been so aggressive and smart at the same time. He's, he's helped us get our students back. We've got all of our student athletes, at least on the baseball side, are back. And most are on campus that are supposed to be on campus. A few are off. And um, so we're doing a great job at St. Mary's because they've done a great job planning but as far as baseball, it's it's interesting, but it's a great challenge. And I don't think it's that different. We're going to be in small groups for the first few weeks, but I, we want to be in small groups anyway. We will wash the balls and we'll have the temperature checks and guys will get tested. But it's kind of like looking around and you and I have had some conversations off the camera. There's so much that is the same. Let's seize on what's the same about the sport and practice and 
Let's go get after it. There's a few things that are different that are little hurdles that will take an extra 10 minutes a day. And that's our responsibility to meet those 10 minutes. But we're going and our players are hungry to go. They, they want to get out on the field. They're like young stallions that just need to run. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. I mean, I couldn't imagine like, you know, trying to put myself and, and empathize with folks that, you know, we'll, we'll call it seniors getting recruited to go to the next level or, um, you know, being in the prime of your career as you guys have a good team, you know, that you've built there. Um, I couldn't imagine being a, a player and going through this. Um, on that note, though, because my background was in recruiting when I started in the sports tech world, how has COVID evolved or changed your recruiting process, which I know the fall ball is really heavy for you guys. What has that you know experience been like? Well, everything goes back to relationships. You know, you have a little chaos in the recruiting landscape or in the world, and you just go to the people you trust. We can't go out on the road and watch games. We get a lot of video. Even Twitter is now active with recruits. But it all comes down to the person that you call to ask what the young man is really like and ask mm -hmm. how he really – plays or performs day to day. So it has shortened our look and it's given us, you know, one screen to look at as we get the videos. But you call people that you trust who are good mentors around the students, the student athletes, and that's how we have to recruit for a short time. And to be honest, it's been a joy because you get to reconnect deeply with guys who have their players' best interests in mind and they're looking for the right fit too. If you trust them, we can still recruit whether we can leave the campus or not. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that that segment right there in itself just goes to show, you know, we we as humans have the ability to adapt with whatever's thrown at us. Right. And so if you have a good foundation and you've done all the things you know that you're supposed to do to build those relationships and and just be a solid human being, regardless of what the outside environment throws your way, we'll find a way to adapt and the successful people will rise to the top the majority of people will stay in the middle and the folks that weren't ready for it will sort of slip back down. And so, you know, it's been really interesting to see in, in sports, some of the teams and athletic directors that were really forward facing, man, Greg, they didn't even have to, they didn't miss a beat. You know, they were like, Hey, we already did virtual meetings. We were ready to go. And so, um, you know, it's really quite fascinating just to see how quick, you know, with whatever we're dealt, we'll figure out a way to, to overcome it. So, um, Always cool, though, when you get to hear from the coach's mouth instead of, you know, me as a spectator, you know, throwing all that garbage out there. <laughs> well, you're, you're an athlete. You you kick the ball a long way. And what, what you would enjoy, I think, is that you're seeing a separation, almost a pass-fail grade for the self-starters versus the guys that don't want to self-start. Because over the past four months, they've had to structure it on their own. There was no plan to follow or much of a plan to follow. So they had to fight for fields and they had to go – find weight rooms and build backyard gyms. And the guys who are self-starters did it. And they've separated from the guys who maybe didn't want to put in the time and effort and just wanted to wait to see what would happen. So I think business people are getting the same lesson that college baseball players are getting. Don't wait around, get to work and figure out what you want to get done. Man, I tell you, and the best lesson that I learned from football, right? Because being a punter, you know, the team would practice for two and a half hours. I had a seven minute window, right? <laughs> And, and then, you know, I was over there either drinking water or Gatorade or who knows what I was doing. But, um, but it was always about what are you doing to get better when no one's watching, right? And, and I think if I didn't go through the unique experience of being a punter and having to take mental reps where it's like no, one, no one's going to see the outcome from that except for yourself. Or, you know, when there's nobody on the field, are you going to do the extra 20 drops to make sure you get there? Um, 
to just further iterate on your point, man, when COVID came sliding downhill, it was second nature to kick in. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of athletes, that's the intangibles that they talk about where, hey, you might not be able to throw a ball 90 miles an hour. That might not mean anything in business. But those reps with the rubber band after practice all the time, that's the stuff that, that gets you there. So Exactly. When nobody's uh, watching, that's well said. When no one's watching, right? So, well, cool. So, so now we know who you are. We know what you're currently doing. I'm really curious, you know, where do you see this, um, this ship going over the next three years? Um, we'll just start with, you know, baseball in the NCAA and then maybe extrapolate that out a little bit. Yeah, I think we're going to go back to normal. I really, I may be overly optimistic, but I, I think we're going to play our season. I, I don't think it's going to be delayed or, or trimmed as far as schedule. And, and we're not going to know the difference. Now it's possible we'll have fewer fans in the stands. We might do some more video streaming of our games and offer that to some of our older fans and supporters. And those are just good adjustments that, that should be made anyway. I think summer ball is going to be it's going to be outstanding. We've got more players in college baseball now than at any point because of the expanded rosters. And I think we have better players because of what Major League Baseball has done. So college baseball is going to get better as far as quality of play this year and in the next four or five. You, you figure if Major League Baseball is going to eliminate minor league teams, those high school guys will not sign. They'll come to college. So we're in a great position now to market our game and, and get it out. It's, it's the best level of baseball aside from the big leagues. And some would argue it's better because it truly is a team game. And these guys run hard down the line every time and they play it for their teammates and their schools. So I think we've got a, a chance to seize on that and show people what college baseball is. Love that. And I got to tell you, you know, just talking on summer ball real quick, I've spent this summer here in Cape Cod and, um, it's not the same without baseball, right? Like, I mean, it is, it's a pastime that, that we have here as a, a country. I think it brings cities together. It brings people of all races, colors, uh, religions together to, to rally behind something. And, and I got to tell you, just as a sports fan, um, I hope your optimism becomes a reality because I don't like life without sports. Never mind, you know, missing Cape League baseball. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know if jumping a little bit, but if you watch the Heat game last night, I mean, some of the basketball that's being played is incredible, but I still can't get over the virtual fans there. It's the most bizarre thing. So fingers crossed we get back to normal here sooner than later. Well, you, you talk about fans and a, a great picture that you made me think of is the sun setting in the Cape before a Cape League baseball game at a field that's not very developed, but it's great baseball. And you got a family going out with their lawn chairs. They're going to drop that on the grass and they're going to sit and watch a baseball game for three hours. I've seen it out there watching those games and there's nothing more beautiful than seeing that community just sit and enjoy three hours of a sport, let alone a great sport. And, and we'll get back to that. I, I think it's coming. Our lawn chairs just might have to be spread out a bit. Yeah, that's well said. Well said. Well, cool. Well, this has been some incredible insight. Um, you know, to, to go ahead and start to wrap up the show, Greg, I got a, I got a question that, um, you know, I've asked this one to, to everybody that I know. It's really fascinating to hear, you know, where people take it. So, um, Greg, if you could tell the listeners one thing you've done in your life that you would recommend they do or experience in theirs, what would that be and why? You know, that's a great question. There are a lot of ways you could go. Yeah. Down that road, I think what I've been very content with is that I never chase what's next. I, I've always loved, enjoyed 
the group I get for the year that I get them. I get nine months, sometimes nine and a half or 10 with a college baseball team. And just the beauty of that rhythm, uh, it's got its own life, right? What does Nick Saban say? Every play has a life of its own. Well, every team has a life of its own. And I think it's the truth for all of us. You know, changes happen all the time with our families. But I think if I had any advice for a young coach, it, it would just be, slow down and enjoy this. Enjoy the educational process that you're part of and things happen when they happen, but it's, it's nothing to chase. We're, we're where we need to be. Man, I, I love that answer. And, and, you know, I tell people every day, Greg, if you can work on just being where your feet are and not being too far in the future and not living too far in the past, then you can start to embrace and enjoy all of these moments, the good, the bad, the ugly, because the journey really is the destination, as the late Kobe Bryant would say. So, um, so Greg, on that note, man, um, what a treat. This is, you have dropped more nuggets than I think our listeners know what to do with. Um, why don't you let everybody know, um, you know, if they want to learn more about Sevwins, um, you know, do you guys have a website or what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, if you'd like to learn more about Sevwins, sevwins.com. And, and we're really trying to engage people who are mentors to learn how we can do this the best way. But it's, it is ready to go. And we've had people that have added it to their teams. And we're getting great feedback from coaches who get to know their players better. But some of the quotes we've gotten from the players, it's just been a subtle change in their life. That's what's inspiring us right now to figure out how to do this thing the right way. But look it up, sevwins.com. The engineer is the mastermind. He's really made this easy to use. Love it. Love it. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and, you know, throw Greg's social handles behind so everyone can follow St. Mary College's baseball as they get up and go in. And, uh, Greg, again, from Check and Checkpoint, thank you for coming on and best of luck with your guys' upcoming season. Scott, thank you. It's been great getting to know you. Yes, sir. Talk soon. Bye.